listening to Strawberry Milkshake. Hello, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast episode. And before we get started, I just wanted to wish you all a happy St. Patrick's Day, and I hope that y'all have a wonderful day today. And for this podcast episode topic, I'm going to be talking about the history of St. Patrick's Day and why we even celebrate it. So I'm getting all this information, or at least most of it, on this website called History. It is very helpful. They have so much history about so many different things. And I found a few articles about St. Patrick and his history and why we celebrate St. Patrick's Day. And I read them and I thought it was super interesting. So I'm going to go ahead and read them and discuss them a little bit just so you guys can know why we celebrate St. Patrick's Day. So the first thing I found here was St. Patrick wasn't actually Irish. And, you know, he is the patron saint of Ireland, but he wasn't Irish. So it says here, St. Patrick was born in Britain, not Ireland, to wealthy parents near the end of the 4th century. He is believed to have died on March 17th, around 460 AD, which, you know, he, like his death is the day that we celebrate for him. You know, I would think it would be like his birthday when he was born and he came into this world, but it's actually when he died on March 17th. It also says here, although his father was a Christian deacon, it has been suggested that he probably took on the role because of tax incentives and there is no evidence that Patrick came from a particularly religious family. At the age of 16, Patrick was taken prisoner by a group of Irish raiders who were attacking his family's estate. They transported him to Ireland, where he spent six years in captivity. There is some dispute over where this captivity took place, although many believe he was taken to live in Mount Slemish in County Antrim. It is more likely that he was held in County Mayo near Kalala. During this time, he worked as a shepherd, outdoors and away from people. Lonely and afraid, he turned to his religion for solace, becoming a devout Christian. It is also believed that Patrick first began to dream of converting the Irish people to Christianity during his captivity. So this is basically saying that, like, you know, he was not actually, he wasn't raised in a religious family. So only when he got kidnapped and he got stolen, you know, that is when he actually started, you know, turning to God. And then he was like, I want to turn the Irish people to Christianity. I want to make them Christian because if it helped me when I was, you know, kidnapped or in a hard time, I think I should be able to share it with all of the Irish people. So that's, you know, he was not raised in a Christian family. He actually did that himself. And he believed that he should convert the Irish people to Christianity because that was that's when his first dream began when he was in his captivity because he thought it was so powerful and then he finally decided to do it I believe well actually I don't know if he actually ended up doing it I mean I'm pretty sure he did I haven't read that far yet but basically that whole dream of him trying to turn the Irish people to Christianity started when he got you know when he was in his captivity so that's super interesting So the next thing it says, it says St. Patrick incorporated Irish culture into Christian lessons, you know, because he wanted to help them become Christian-like, then he wanted to incorporate it into things that they already are familiar with. So it says here, familiar with the Irish language and culture, Patrick chose to incorporate traditional ritual into his lessons of Christianity instead of attempting to eradicate native Irish beliefs. For instance, he used bonfires to celebrate Easter since the Irish were used to honoring their gods with fire. He also superimposed a sun, a powerful Irish symbol, onto the Christian cross to create what is now called a Celtic cross. So that veneration of the symbol would seem more natural to the Irish. So, you know, he wanted to turn them Christian-like. So he basically was like, instead of teaching them something completely new, he started adding little Christian things to things that they already were used to and things that they had already been doing for generations. So it wouldn't be so new to them, but it would be something familiar with something new. So they could start learning that. 
And the last thing on this article that it says, it says St. Patrick was never canonized as a saint, which means he actually never, like by the Catholic Church, he never became a saint. So it says, he may be known as the patron saint of Ireland, but Patrick was never actually canonized by the Catholic Church. This is simply due to the era he lived in. During the first millennium, there was no formal canonization process in the Catholic Church. After becoming a priest and helping to spread Christianity throughout Ireland, Patrick was likely proclaimed a saint by popular acclaim. So, you know, he actually, like, he is a saint, but he wasn't actually canonized. And this is only because that was not a thing in the era he lived in. So, you know, but he is considered a saint. And this next thing is just kind of, it's on another article on the website History. And it is basically about now why we celebrate St. Patrick's Day. So it says, when was the first St. Patrick's Day celebrated? You know, when did this all begin? So it says here, since around the 9th or 10th century, people in Ireland have been observing the Roman Catholic feast day of St. Patrick on March 17th. The first St. Patrick's Day parade took place not in Ireland, but in America. Records show that a St. Patrick's Day parade was held on March 17, 1601, in a Spanish colony in what is now St. Augustine, Florida. The parade and a St. Patrick's Day celebration a year earlier were organized by the Spanish colony's Irish Vicar Ricardo Artur. More than a century later, homesick Irish soldiers serving in the English military marched in New York City on March 17, 1772 to honor the Irish patron saint. Enthusiasm for the St. Patrick's Day parades in New York City, Boston, and other early American cities only grew from there. So basically, you would think it started, you know, in Ireland, but it actually started in America, and it was, it was held in what is now, it was not that back then, it was basically held in Florida, St. Augustine, Florida. That is super interesting. I would have thought, you know, since it's like St. Patrick, and he's the patron saint of Ireland, that the first celebration would have been held in Ireland, but no, it was held in America. And the next thing it has here is the Chicago River dyed green. Now, basically, for some, you know, places in the world to honor St. Patrick and St. Patrick's Day, they dye their local rivers green, you know, because St. Patrick, you know, he's it's like the color of green. Um, so some people, especially Chicago, they dye their river green. Where I live, we actually dye our river green, too. So it says here, as Irish immigrants spread out over the United States, other cities developed their own traditions. One of these is Chicago's annual dyeing of the Chicago River Green. The practice started in 1962 when city pollution control workers used dyes to trace illegal sewage discharges and realized that the green dye might provide a unique way to celebrate the holiday. That year, they released 100 pounds of green vegetable dye into the river, enough to keep it green for a week. Today, in order to minimize environmental damage, only 40 pounds of dye are used, and the river turns green for only several hours. So basically, though, they do this because it actually started out as an accident. They were doing it to trace illegal sewage discharges and realized that the green dye could represent St. Patrick's Day. So it actually, you know, they did not think, oh, I think we can do this to represent St. Patrick. They actually did it. It was like an accident. They were like, after they had done it and they saw it, they were like, wow, this could be for St. Patrick's Day. So that's actually how they started um, dyeing the rivers. And the last thing I have here, which is one thing that I really want to know, this is just on Google. I looked it up and I looked up, what does the shamrock mean? for St. Patrick's Day, you know, like, why is that, like, when you think of St. Patrick's Day, you kind of think of a shamrock. So it says here, shamrock symbolizes St. Patrick's Day because St. Patrick was a Christian missionary who used a clover to explain the Holy Trinity of Christianity, which is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. 
He said the three leaves stand for the three beings of God, and the stem shows that they're united into one. So, you know, because he was Christian, he put it into Christian, um, kind of like it's something in Christian. So basically, the three, like a, you know, a shamrock has three little leaves, and one is for God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and they all connect into the one stem, and that shows how they're all united into one because it's all the same person. So that is all the information that I found on the internet. Not all of it, but most of the information of the interesting things I found on the internet about St. Patrick's Day. If you would like to learn more about St. Patrick's Day and the history behind it, go ahead and go to Google and look up the history behind St. Patrick's Day. And there are so many articles that came up. I just I just decided to pick one, but you can find so many other ones if you're interested in this topic, which I am. I know I'm going to go do some more research on this after I'm done filming this. But I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, be sure to subscribe to my podcast and it'll really help me out. And before I leave, let me go ahead and say the positive quote for this episode. So since it is St. Patrick's Day, I decided to do something um, kind of St. Patrick's Day-y. So here's the quote. A good friend is like a four-leaf clover, hard to find and lucky to have. By Irish proverb. Okay, that's not really by anyone. It's an Irish proverb. Basically, what this means is um, a good friend, you know, if you have a really good friend, is like a four-leaf clover. And, you know, if you know four-leaf clovers, they're extremely rare and hard to find. But once you have it, you're so lucky to have it because, you know, it's like they're so rare that they're so lucky. So it says here, a good friend is like a four-leaf clover, hard to find and lucky to have. I think that is really good for good friends. And be sure to tell your friend today, thank you for my friend. Because like it says here, you know, a good friend that doesn't do anything wrong to you and is always there for you is hard to find. They're hard to find, you know, because, you know, there's bad people in the world. There's good people and there's also bad people. But after you find them, they're definitely lucky to have. So that was the inspirational quote for this podcast episode. And if you enjoyed this episode or you enjoy my podcast in general, be sure to subscribe to my podcast so you can get more content like this. And there is not going to be an episode tomorrow. Um, I always post on Fridays, but since I'm posting today, which is Thursday, I thought I could skip this Friday and I will do an even better one next week. I am so excited for the next week one. Um, be sure, though, if you do have any ideas or recommendations for episode ideas, be sure to DM me at my instagram which is strawberry milkshake podcast and my instagram like my logo thing is basically my drawing of my strawberry milkshake that you see when you click into this podcast so be sure to go dm me for any episode ideas have a wonderful rest of your day and i will see you guys next week bye friends (laughs) 